Well, hey, now, hey there. It's gods. We're back to gods. <laughs> we're doing gods We're going again. back to gods. There was all that time we were like, oh, there was devils and demons, and now we're, you know, we're balancing it out a little bit. We're gonna, we're snapping back to gods. This is Tooth and Nail Monsters Podcast. It me, and then it also him. I am also. And then that, and that's us. We're gonna talk yeah. about, <laughs> we're gonna talk about it, the Empyrean. Today, we're talking about the Empyrean, which is just like a real. I feel like, did we have Cyclops? We did have Cyclopses. Yeah. Uh, We had Cyclopses, and that was some real Harryhausen bullshit. Uh, Now we're at (laughs) Empyreans, it's even more Harryhausen bullshit. So I'm going to drop this on you now because I don't want to do it later. Okay. Empyreans, Mm -hmm. I went to go look up some art from past editions. Yes. Empyreans were made for fifth edition. Oh, really? There's no history? There is no nothing for Empyrean specifically. If they were based off of a different creature, I don't know. Uh-oh. But... <laughs> That's not good. It's profoundly not good because uh, there's that like weird colorism thing going on that I assumed was just shoehorned because like, all the Empyreans are these like, you know, good, like profoundly pale-skinned people. Uh, yep, no, and, it's just, uh... <laughs> and so I was sure, I was like, oh, that's probably, like, some 70s bullshit that's just a holdover that's, like, grandfathered in there that's still not good, but we have to deal with it. But no, I guess that's just contemporary racism. Cool. Yep, it's just their skin lacks any color whatsoever, and they're just, you know... Rad. All right, well, <laughs> there you go. Uh, that, starting off, starting off strong and good. Uh, So what these guys are, they are basically just like divine children of the gods. It's, you know, kind of akin to that angel stuff way back when. Um, The sort of thing that characterizes an Empyrean chiefly is like this kind of tie with nature, so to speak. Um, They kind of have like a elemental bend to them, not necessarily like elemental, like like previous episode elementals in, in sort uh, of a biblical way yeah yeah they kind of got like a moses vibe a little bit <laughs> i'm being like profoundly reductionist but like they got yeah. they got a touch of moses upon them <laughs> mm-hmm. but beyond that these are just kind of like end game titans right so like they're they're yeah. good big boss characters uh in case you want to do like a big titan fight i guess in a way that that's a little bit more like divine in nature right yeah i was thinking about it do i don't i'm not super well versed in what titans are about in this game uh are there like 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 nordic titans around this is somewhat it's kind of a tangent but i i don't think in fifth edition at least from what i remember definitely not in like the base uh game that there is specifically, like, Greek, Norse, Titans. It's just kind of giants, right? Yeah, it is just kind of giants. That kind of blows. I like me a good... They have, like, Cyclopes, Medusas, and Empyreans, but they aren't, like... Yeah, where's... Give me a Vanier. Is that it? I don't know. It's been a (laughs) while. Am I right? What is it? Help me, I know you know. Vanier is... Oh, fuck. You're testing me now. Yeah. I know the... Like, because, like, the Aesir are, like, the gods, the gods, but I can't remember what the Titans are. I'm pretty sure it's the Vanier. I'm not gonna check. At me on... Uh, <laughs> just send me a letter. Just send me a strongly worded letter. Uh, <laughs> telling... Giving me a brief primer in uh, Norse mythology, because I don't remember most of it. In the meantime, uh, let's actually talk about the Empyrean. <laughs> How about? For once. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for once.
So in terms of the art style, uh, like I said, it's some real Harryhausen bullshit. It's just like a Greek Titan. It's yeah. like, I, you could tell me this is like Apollo or some shit, and I'd be like, okay. Yeah, it's very just like, oh, this is just a gladiator. Oh, this is Heracles. Oh, this is anyone. Yeah, and so like you've got like the kind of like loincloth belt thing uh, with a big <laughs> bronze pauldron and, you know, some light bronzed armor along this just like really buff, pale dude. Uh, I just realized that like because of the way everything is colored and shaded, how his body and his hair and everything look like desaturated but the armor is like nice and colorful it kind of looks like he's just a generic mannequin that they've put greek armor on <laughs> yeah they were like oh let's <laughs> fuck with the zeus statue uh and then there we go yeah no it's very interesting to me how like how like they they go to such lengths to make these things like these these empyreans look really like big and heroic and shit uh but they kind of just have like regular dude features like yeah. In, in previous angels, like when we go back to Planetar and stuff, they at least have like the colorless eyes, which is kind of a trope in D and D. And I'm surprised that this person just has person eyes. Yeah, he looks like he doesn't look like he's a size huge dude. He looks like he's just a dude. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I think some scale would have been really, really nice to have in this picture. Yeah, because sure. like he does look jacked. He looks like his strength stat is correct. Yeah, it's just that like. I can't, if, looking at this guy, I don't think, oh, this is a, a titan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of like a, you know, our buff barbarian guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's, like, more or less about it. I mean, like, as always, the musculature work is always on point, right? Like, 5e is good oh, at that yeah. shit. Um, I'm, like, the, like, anatomy is good, right? I It's just, like, there's not a whole lot more to say because it's just a dude uh, yeah. dressed like, like a Theseus. If you can picture in your head a Greek hero's armor, it's probably this one. Mm -hmm. He's got, what, like a hammer? I can't tell. Most of the... Yeah, which... I think it's supposed to be a huge hammer. Yeah. Yeah, yep. a mall. Yeah, which I would talk about if I could see it, but it it cuts <laughs> off at the page. So, womp. They couldn't even, like... Man, like, he has a bolt attack, like a lightning attack. Yeah. They couldn't even, like... Give him a lightning bolt. Give him a thing in one of his hands. Yeah. Like... No, yeah. Or even, like, I think this would have made it good. And I know, like, you know, there's only so much time to do art for a book. Uh, yeah. But, like, maybe even, like, some rain in the background or something to sort of signify that link between, like, nature and the Empyrean's mood. Yeah, um, or, like, he's got the bolster thing, so, like, an art of tiny little soldiers around him that are, like, following him, like, yeah! Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's weird. I mean, like, the art shouldn't necessarily matter, but, like, it kind of does for a great many people, and I think it's really telling that both of us were shocked that this is a <laughs> CR-22 creature. Yeah. Because it does just look like a dude with gold armor. Yeah, I looked at the stat block and actually out loud went, Oh, whoa. Yeah, yeah, this is like a big, heavy boss, like, tough monster, uh, but it doesn't, you wouldn't think it just to look at it, um, which, like, on, on some level, I can appreciate it being kind of subdued art, right? Like, I yeah. I can imagine a world where I'm, like, complaining about it being overdesigned, uh, oh, right. but I feel like there's just, like, a weightiness that is missing, right? And, like, the pose is kind of just, like, standing up. Uh, there isn't a whole lot of like action to the pose and there's just not a whole lot of context in in the greater picture right so we don't get scale we don't get like a sense of power or anything like that it kind of just looks like a dude in armor yeah 
So yeah, uh, in terms of the lore, like I said, these are like the celestial children of the of the gods, right? So generally speaking, they are sort of imbued with this de- divine ability. Um, the big important thing that Empyreans are not, maybe not like the big important thing, but the thing that differentiates an, Empyre- an Empyrean from like a Deva or a Planetar or any like more traditional angel uh, is that the they're kind of like mood swingy, right? They, <laughs> yeah. When they are when they're when they're high, they're high, and when they're low, they are low, uh, and consequently they they kind of like are imbued with this godlike ability to adjust the environment around them with their mood. So when they're sad, you know, clouds might be sad by which I mean raining. <laughs> uh, if they're, you know, they like the book tells us wildflowers might wilt or, you know, the, the rivers might run full with dead fish and the like. But when they're happy, there's sunlight and uh, bunnies hop around them and birds are very <laughs> chirpy. It's very, it's though, it's a, it's a little bit of that like whimsical thing that mm-hmm. some 5e monsters don't have. Mm-hmm. And I'm just mad that it's on this fucking. Yeah, it's just on Doofy. Just on. <laughs> it's on Doofy dude statue, yeah. man. Yeah. Uh, th- I kind of like this detail as like, um, you know, this strikes me as one of those. This is our village. We're under the protection of this, you know, super powerful figure. Uh, it kind of has one of those like, oh, it's raining. The Empyrean's mad today. Right. Yeah. Uh, which Someone I, go bring him a gift. Yeah, I kind of dig that, right? Like the that this is something that D and D does sometimes, where like it's scared to put the real gods in in harm's way, uh, yeah. so it gives you these characters that are more or less like you know they would fulfill the general tropes of like a god like Gandalf or like a Zeus figure, right? So like mm-hmm. the oceans are angry. Go you know give some fish to Poseidon, except instead of like tough Poseidon, it's just this dude. <laughs> Conversely, the book tells us that Empyreans, so this is actually kind of like useful. I, I, I kind of dig that they do this. Um, they give us context for what fallen Empyreans would look like, what evil Empyreans would be like. Um, supposedly, the book tells us that every now and again, an Empyrean might venture into the lower planes and become corrupted, uh, either just by like the nature of the hells or the the abyss, as it were, or directly being corrupted by the evil gods that dwell there. Um, generally speaking, once they've been corrupted, they kind of become like outcasts, right? The the book tells us that they won't be able to survive very long uh, back in the celestial planes, and consequently they'll either just like hang out in hell forever, or they'll kind of carve out a niche for themselves on the material plane where they can, you know, just be like god kings for the rest of yeah. their existences. They use their god powers for evil! Which is good, right? Like, this is a good... Because, as I recall, there's a stat block for Fallen Angels, either in this or in uh, Volos or Xanathar's, I can't remember. Um, and as I recall, Fallen Angels are, like, CR15-ish, which isn't Probably, gonna... Yeah. yeah, they're not, like, super tough, which isn't gonna do for, you know, even, like, level 10 characters, right? So I... Even though there's not much to these guys, there is room enough to make your own character about it. Um, and this could fulfill like a like a fallen angel major villain, right? For a big chunk of campaign, yeah. Uh, that mechanically would be, you know, fairly dangerous still into the late game. Yeah, I I love the idea of like an evil Empyrean, just because like <laughs> there's something about uh, these god beings just kind of like being benevolent and good that is always kind of boring to me. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, I know. When one can just be corrupted by going to hell for like, oh, I'm going to go kill Asmodeus. And then he gets down there and it's like, hmm. Yeah. On second thought. Yeah. Fallen angels are compelling stories, roughly like what 4,000 years of Christianity agrees with you. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know why I said 4,000 years. <laughs> you know. Like 2,000, <laughs> whatever. Empyreans, uh, as the book tells us, they have immortality, right? They are immortal titans. They don't age, but they can be murdered in that, like, Tolkien elf way. Um, because they are, you know, effectively immortal, they're kind of, like, arrogant, right? So the book tells us they'll, like, just refuse to believe that they can even die and will constantly, constantly just, like, be in the fight, right? They'll consequently just be constantly fighting. Which is cool, right? Like, it kind of reflects that, like, Grecian, sort of Spartan, like, quality, yeah, right? Like the, the never-ending battle in their heart kind yeah, of thing. Like. Yeah, it's very, like, you know, Battle of Thermopylae 300 kind of stuff. It, it feels it's, appropriate. It's also good because, like, that's a very common trope in, like, uh, kind of, like, war. Because, like, if you wanted to make a Norse Imperium or something... It's the same thing. <laughs> yeah, more or less. Yeah, this could be a Valhalla Viking real quick. However, when an Empyrean dies, their spirit returns, as is so often the case, to their home plane. Uh, the book tells us that there, and this, you know, we're getting kind of into some Grecian resurrection shit. Um, the parents of the Empyrean, the god, you know, responsible for siring this creature, can choose to resurrect the Empyrean, right? So, like, if... If yeah, Poseidon says unless he or she has yeah. a good reason not to. Yeah, unless they think they suck, which is still kind of Grecian, right? There are a bunch of yeah. fables where like on one level, yeah, we'll resurrect minor god or no, this person has slighted me. I choose to instead put them in the hell. My son told me to eat shit so he could die forever. Mm -hmm. So you get to go in the labyrinth or something. <laughs> So yeah, there there's a lot of room, like I can imagine, you know, for people who are like way into doing, you know, an an Odyssey, right? Like a big Grecian epic. Uh, this could be the like end game very very easily. The like sort of mythological aspect of, you know, the the sort of high tragedy of this fallen Empyrean or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, that's more or less the lore that we get. There's not a whole lot to these guys in terms of like adventure hooks. Obviously, if they're evil. Uh, you, you got your thing right there where this could just be, you know, uh, one of those, uh, kingdom getting tyrants. Um, alternatively, like I mentioned, I, I like the idea of like, oh, our kingdom is under the protection of this Imperium, but you know, we kind of got to do favors for it since these things are chaotic. Good. Right. There is some, some kind of leeway for these guys not being like the most benevolent. Right. Another thing I was thinking <laughs> would be kind of fun about the evil Empyreans is like it is like the end game right and you you've been working your way to kill it and you finally kill him and then he gets resurrected yeah no i like the idea of, of that as well like you know i'm imagining like um like fucking dionysus right like some party god or whatever that's like ah fuck it i'll give you a second chance and then it just like history repeats itself immediately yeah, or like, or like the parents, the parent god just kind of like doesn't know or care really, and it's just like, oh, you're back, well here, have a life again, and like then the party's mission becomes they have to go to the upper plains and convince the god to not resurrect there. Yeah, 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 that's pretty good. Like it's just kind of in 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 limbo. 
and we gotta go talk to Apollo or whatever and and lay it on him. Yeah, please, you don't understand. He just keeps coming and terrorizing villages. We need you to really just let him die. Just let him die. Yeah, I, I dig that idea of, like, a distracted god that's still like, oh, you're back. Get out there, soldier. Uh, <laughs> Go on, champ. Yeah, How do you keep ending up back here? Oh, get out of here. And the party just keeps <laughs> having to, like, deal with this single Empyrean, um, which is, you know, like, a good way to to give your, your party cake and let them eat it as well. Um, and you don't have to necessarily worry about keeping this single villain alive for five or six levels, which is historically pretty pos- impossible to do yeah. uh, for a D&D campaign. But yeah, uh, that is kind of what they're about in terms of lore. Let's uh, do the mechanical stuff. Yeah. We're hitting peak Mary Sue. Mm-hmm. So mechanically, the Empyrean is a huge celestial titan. Uh, it is chaotic good, possibly, or neutral evil, <laughs> possibly. I don't understand why they give you the percentages. Like, there's a whole... I, I assume it's for, like, if you're rolling a random encounter so you can, like, know which one it's going to be. But I feel why like Why would you just... roll that? Like, oh, there's a like... 25% chance this CR23 monster is going to try to kill the party. <laughs> that just seems like... like for... Some DMs are fucking wild. That's so <laughs> weird. I don't understand, like... I, like, like, give... I don't... Why would you... For... Why would you just, like, roll a fight like this? right like this is definitely yeah. a boss fight you're right <laughs> but it's i don't know that's a weird choice like maybe i don't know maybe it's just for like demographics or whatever but we get that we like we understand that it's a small margin of them in the lore it's a weird decision i don't whatever maybe maybe it's for like um if the the dm is deciding like okay there are going to be 10 empyreans in the world let me roll to see if they're good or evil sure yeah okay i get that that's fair. Um, in terms of their like base stats, they are, as we mentioned, a CR 23 creature. So this is like end game stuff. Uh, they have an armor class of 22, which is, you know, above average, off the charts kind of stuff. This is, you know, dragon tier armor class. They have 313 HP, which is, you know, comparably a bit below average, but that's typically the case with Dungeons and Dragons, as we all know. They have 50-foot run speed, a 50-foot fly speed, and a 50-foot swim speed. So these guys are like, you know, masters of all territory, which kind of fits in with this light kind of natural world theming that we get for these things. Well, also, they're like peak athletes, right? Yeah. So they're like, they run the triathlon, yeah. the flying, running, and swimming triathlon. Yeah, I can't help but be reminded of that uh, David Hasselhoff cameo in the SpongeBob movie. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Where, like, I'm imagining this guy just swimming, like, like a dolphin. <laughs> just a human speedboat, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that that's that in my brain. <laughs> Obviously do something cooler when you're running your <laughs> or campaign. Don't. Or don't. Or don't, Fuck you it. know. Whatever. Uh, but yes, I think the decathlon stuff is, like, appropriate, right? Um, in terms of their, like, attributes, Mary Sue's <laughs> stuff. Yeah, gee. Uh, yeah, Good lord. We got that that uh we got that 30 strength we got the 30 constitution 
We got above 20 stats for pretty much everything. Its lowest stat is its dex and int at 21, right? So, like, these guys are just good at all yeah. the things, which, yeah, that is pretty much always the case with Celestials. Charismatic um, AF. Yeah. In terms of their, like, bonuses and stuff, uh, they get saving throw bonuses to strength, intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. So, like, the strength is already a crazy high stat. <laughs> On top of that, they get a bonus. They get a plus 17 to their strength saves, uh, which is crazy. Yeah, um, good luck. Yeah, Good luck I mean, getting like, anything to happen. Yeah, grapple them. Get them. Um... They so like on on top of that they also have the intelligence and wisdom and charisma saves as well so like this is one of those spellcasters ain't gonna do it kind of fights yeah um, I mean like if you can make it make a dex save a plus five ain't that bad yeah like, I guess but that is on top of the magic resistance that you know spoilers they have and then the legendary resistances as well oh uh, they sure do have magic resistance i was still on the left side of the step like, yeah I didn't see no that. <laughs> little little peek ahead they do have magic resistance and they are a Oops. legendary creature so they have all those resistances uh Oops. so this is another kind of bad time for spellcasters. oh well um they get bonuses to insight and persuasion them being like you know godly figures they kind of have like insight into the heart of us mortals uh and have like a charismaticness about them that makes them very affable to be around or you know tempting and uh satanic i guess in that like uh kind of bargaining way uh they have an immunity damage immunity to physical damage from non-magical weapons which is rad like i dig that right yeah since it's never going to come up at this point in the game right you're all going to have magic weapons when you fight these guys. I just love yeah. the idea of, like, you know, send the soldiers! And they're just, like, ineffectually, you know, whacking at its ankles. Yeah, he's just walking at, like, just a leisurely pace through a sea of soldiers. Yeah, which is cool. I dig it. Uh, I honestly kind of wish this this was true of werewolves as well, which is the other kind of creature that I, I dig this thing from. Um, in terms of its senses, they get true sight out to 120 feet so they can see through invisibility and magical effects and illusions and stuff like that another way in which spellcasters are going to be kind of shafted in this fight um and then they also have a passive perception of 16 which is crazy high right they speak all languages every language this is a thing that happens <laughs> sometimes with celestials i believe the angels do this as well uh and that it, it kills me the lowercase a yeah. just kills oh. me for some reason well <laughs> capital a l is not a language that would have been confusing i speak all <laughs> language <laughs> i guess that's true it's just like because like so many it, i don't know it's it feel, just weird I, I like that it's not capitalized it feels kind of like a shit post <laughs> right like yeah this that's kind of what it is all languages, languages. all yeah <laughs> I it's think it's like it might as well have just said yes. <laughs> <laughs> and there we go. That is what we would want out of this stat block. Instead, just keep it the exact same, except instead of all, it says yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have started to like sour on a lot of this kind of anti-magic stuff. Um, mm -hmm. True Sight, I'm getting kind of grumpy about. And then, you know, on top of the magic resistances and the saving throw bonuses and all the stuff. I like yeah. I get the idea that magic is kind of overpowered in D and D, um, and that like this thing doesn't have the most amount of health, but like I don't know, it just feels kind of a contrary and um, perhaps a bit frustrating to to fight 
because most of your D&D characters are going to be casters. Yeah. Uh, and especially for, like, paladins and half-casters and stuff like that. I can imagine, like, oh, I'm a conquest paladin. I'm going to cast fear. Oh, it didn't work. Well, that's my one spell slot. Yeah, it's every every caster that casts anything besides a deck saving throw spell is always shafted more than... Yeah. It's like the high-level D&D is the Meteor Storm game. Yeah. That's kind of it. Yeah. Yeah. It gets innate spell casting. Uh, it's got, like, crazy high. It's got a 23 uh, spell save DC because it does this stuff through Charisma, uh, which is, like, top of the charts, uh, significantly higher for its CR. Um, and has a plus 15 to hit with spell attacks, which is also, you know, past, you know, break breaking the charts super duper yeah. a lot. Um, at will, it can cast Greater Restoration, Pass Without Trace, Water Breathing, and Water Walk. So, I mean, I love the idea of it doing Pass Without Trace and it just like, hey, what's <laughs> up? Just like appearing behind the party. I find that really funny. Yeah. Uh, it gets the greater restoration, right? It's kind of like a healer. It's celestial, so it can handle all of those like paralysis and and stuff, which I I dig more than it being just flat out immune to all of these effects, right? Like it could have just been immune to being poisoned or paralyzed or whatever. Um, right. And I I dig that it it at least has to you know take an action to do this stuff. Um, and then also the water breathing, breathing and water walk lets it just kind of like be around, right? So if you want your uh, Empyrean to be Poseidon's child or whatever, it can hang out in the ocean or or not as you decide. I was joking about it looking like a statue before, but that is a good bit for it, oh, yeah. <laughs> it to be using water walk and just be standing in the middle of a lake. Yeah. That's <laughs> just like, good. oh, that's a neat statue. Yeah. Oh, oh <laughs> not a statue. Yeah, I, I dig that. That's pretty good. Uh, and that could be, you know, its own quest in a way, right? Like, oh god, the, you know, the the armada of red dragons are gonna descend upon our tiny Grecian village. Go and wake the dude at the bottom of the lake by doing a quest. Oh, yeah. And there you go. Then it's angels versus dragons. Huh? This thing sure does need to breathe. That's I didn't even think of it. <laughs> does it? Yeah, it doesn't have the it doesn't have that bit that's oh, like, yeah. oh, this thing doesn't need to eat, drink, or breathe. Yeah. This thing sure is just immortal, huh? Yeah, more or less. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's got the the water breathing, so like, eh. and yeah, I well, yeah, because I was like, water breathing's a weird spell to have, and then I was like, oh wait, this yeah. thing actually is like a living thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it just opens its mouth and lets fish fly into it, <laughs> uh, or it like does commune or something. Uh, I know that's not what that spell does, but I'm going to pretend that's what it is. Yeah. Once per day, as I mentioned, it can cast uh, another host of spells. It can cast Commune, which is a weird spell for the Imperial. It's mostly a flavor spell. So Commune is one of those, like, I ask the gods, i.e. the DM, about a thing, um, which, like, for an NPC is kind of strange. It's just like, you know, it's like a cell phone, right? It lets it know things that it otherwise might not know. Yeah. Uh, it gets Dispel Evil and Good, which gives uh, various, you know, the, like, Fae and Undead and Fiends uh, disadvantage on attacks against it, which would be good if it was doing, like, you know, a holy battle against Fiends or Undead or, or whatever. Uh, or what Angels. Is, hold on. From the, from what the is other Dispel side. Evil and Good? I Protection from Evil and Good yeah, is... Yeah, uh, Dispel Evil, like I said, it, it, it gives uh, all the, like, fiends and, and fey and undead disadvantage on attacks against it. I can't remember what the upper boundaries are at R, but that is generally what it does. That's protection. You want to double check? The spell you are describing is protection. You want to double check? Yeah, this is weird. I've never seen this spell. 
So, oh, okay, so this does that as well, but it also breaks enchantments and dismisses summons and, huh, okay. <laughs> it's like just better protection from good and evil. Okay, I've just never seen that spell before. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, if, like, if it's a fair or whatever and charms an ally, it can dispel the charm, or it can uh, kind of... It's kind of like a banishment of sorts uh, for I think so, creatures for, that for are summoned. Yeah, for for creatures that aren't kind of natively of the material plane, it can kind of banish things back into their home plane. Uh, so it gets <laughs> that, which is another like you know, I'm I'm fighting extra planar stuff. Uh, it gets earthquake, which is kind of like just a big uh, difficult terrain spell. It's like the big difficult terrain spell. Um, it can like destroy buildings and and trap people in big underground fissures, and I guess can be used to break concentration on spells. Uh, but it's mostly like an area of effect thing uh, to kind of keep the battleground in its favor, which could be interesting in a fight, right? Like I'm imagining, you know, this is getting into like battle tactic stuff, but like starting with earthquake and then taking up into the sky or whatever uh, could be a cool combo. Um, oh, yeah, I forgot it could fly. Yeah. <laughs> it gets Firestorm, which is uh, like a big AoE. I can't super remember. I looked it up earlier, but there are a lot of like fire blast spells. Yeah, it's it's the fire pillars, yeah. I believe. Uh, it's not Flame Strike. What is this one? It's like a big area of effect, isn't it? Isn't, um, is is Firestorm not the, the seven fire pillars? Yes, it is 10, 10 foot cubes. Oh, 10. Uh, that uh, can, are summoned and creatures have to make a deck save or take 70-10 fire damage, uh, a good chunk of fire damage. Um, yeah, I like this one because it's like the Dark Souls spell. Yeah, yeah, it is like the Dark Souls spell. And then very lastly, it can do Plane Shift, which lets it disappear into another plane, uh, which could be a cool escape or, you know, I mean, chiefly just an escape or allows it to like, I'm going to go talk to dad for a bit. And then it poofs up and <laughs> chats with Zeus for a time. I'm going to go tell my dad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Plane shift to my mind is mostly just like in case you make an evil one of these guys and you need an out really quick. Uh, yeah. Plane shift will what do it for you. Um, on top of all of that, they get the legendary resistances. As we've discussed, they can choose to succeed on uh, a save that they make three times per day. Uh, which, you know, keeps keeps the spellcasters down more. They get the magic resistance where they have advantage on saving throws against spells and all that stuff. So even without the legendary resistances, they're still pretty uh, defensively strong against spells and whatnot. Uh, and then they have magic weapons, which just means that their weapon attacks are magical, which, like, okay. Yeah, it'd be wild if they weren't. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it'd be wild if they were. But, like, as a trait, this is just, like, the, you know, just in case, you know, yeah. just in case there's any doubt. And then we're kind of getting into uh, just like some some more standard stuff, right? So it gets two regular actions. It gets Maul, where it attacks with its big hammer. It's got a plus 17 to hit, which is crazy high. Uh, it has a 10-foot reach because it's a big guy. It does 31, 66 plus 10 bludgeoning damage. And if you are a creature, right, like if you're a person, you have to succeed on a DC 15 con save or be stunned until the end of the Empyrean's next turn which is a pretty big mess. Like, this could... Oh, yeah. This could... There are, there are a few things like that. This is kind of, as a fight, like, how many things can I make prone at once, the fight? <laughs> uh, right? Like, this is how many... How many people can I make just not for a bit? 
Yeah, um, I'm going to stun this person, and then yeah. with legendary actions, maybe more than one. Yeah, <laughs> and the the con save is manageable, but still difficult, right? Like, rogues and, and such might have a little bit of trouble with this, or, like, wizards and stuff might have trouble with this. Um, yeah, but generally thank, thank speaking, God it's like... Not the, uh, thank God it's not its spellcasting DC. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, like, frontliners, you know, people who have a bit more constitution on them, are probably more likely to 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 make it through this like this isn't the most the most right yeah um the other thing it can do is bolt as we've mentioned it can just like chuck an elemental damage spear at things has a plus 15 to hit which is still like super duper high uh it has a 600 foot range and then on a hit it does 24 76 damage of whatever the Empyrean feels like, basically, between Acid, Cold, Fire, Force, Lightning, Radiant, or Thunder. I like that. I yeah. I like that it gets to choose just kind of whatever the hell element. Yeah, yeah, like, kind of based. So, like, I've been kind of reading this as, like, what lesser god am I, right? So, uh, you know, yeah. if it's, like, if it's Fire God, I do fire damage. If I'm Acid, you know, the famous Grecian god of Acid. <laughs> the Acid God? Uh, it throws Acid at you, right? Yeah. It's crazy to see a monster that is a CR above 20 not have a multi-attack. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it kind of does because of the legendary action, but I agree it is weird. But yeah. Um, I, I, I'm imagining it's because the attacks that it do get are kind of crazy. Right, like, yeah, I I guess I thought maybe it would be like do one maul, one bolt or something. Like Yeah, no, you kinda you make your choice and then the action has a chance of doing some crazy shit. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like the maul is pretty wild. Like if it had a multi attack of that, that would be a mess for whatever <laughs> paladin or whatever is, is immediately in front of it. <laughs> You're right. Um and then, I mean, like, on, on some level it is, because on top of that it has legendary actions, where, you know, as we all know, at the end of another creature's turn, it can spend one of three legendary actions uh, to to do one of the following things. Um, it can either just make an attack, sort of writ large, so this is kind of the multi-attack, where at the end of another creature's turn it could do a maul or a bolt, as it feels like. Alternatively, it can do this thing called bolster, which I, I think is kind of rad, uh, yeah. where... Basically, any allied creature to it within 120 feet of it uh, is, you know, bolstered, which means that they can't be charmed or frightened, and they get advantage on ability checks and saves until the end of the Empyrean's next turn, which is, like, cool, right? Like, I typically like, um, like, commander figures in a larger fight, so I'm imagining, yeah. like, an evil Empyrean who has a bunch of devils uh, that it's, you know, kind of keeping up the entire time, and then the party has to decide... Is it better to get rid of the ads, or is it better to get rid of the big guy and and deal with everything afterwards? Yeah, it's really cool seeing like a kind of a support action on what you would consider to be the big guy who hits really hard. Yeah, but he has this like thing that makes him a support character instead. Yeah, it's cool. It's like yeah, it's kind of like a paladin instead of what you would expect. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and it kind of has that like mythical quality right like i can imagine like oh it's um jason of the legends <laughs> and you know jason bolstered his allies and and shit so i'm imagining there's like a degree of like oh this just like powerful mythological figure uh is just like bolstering figures around it so like this yeah. could be cool on on both the player side and against the players where like if it is 
Empyrean versus the Legion of Hell or whatever. Uh, this is the way to kind of lift the party up without solving the entire fight for them, right? Yeah. So, like, you know, I'm just going to keep doing the bolster action and keep the party, the main characters, uh, buffed and, and feeling good about their friend Empyrean. There's also, like, this weird kind of... Uh... If, like, you are going up against the Imperium and his army or whatever, and he keeps bolstering them and it makes the fight harder and you, oh, we've got to retreat. It's like, we need to find our own Imperium to bolster us. Yeah. Fire with fire. <laughs> there you go. And then very lastly, they get this uh, legendary action called Trembling Strike and it costs two, right? So they, it costs, if you get three legendary actions, this costs two of those legendary actions. Uh, where it's kind of just earthquake light. Uh, they do a ground pound, and every creature on the ground within 60 feet of it has to succeed on a super high, possibly the highest save we've seen. I can't I think. I, I think so. Maybe gold dragons had something higher, but I can't super remember. It is a DC 25 strength saving throw or be knocked prone. Uh, so like I said, this is kind of like the lockdown fight in a way. Uh, this is something I'm imagining, right? Like the uh, Empyrean like starts the beginning of the fight, prones everything, uh, and then spends the rest of the round basically doing advantage attacks on stuff and possibly stunning them and then doing like even more uh, advantage attacks on them. What's wild is that even another Empyrean could save the or could fail this save because that DC is so high. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, it's wild. So yeah, that is kind of what they're about. As I mentioned, like this is one of those uh, because it kind of splits the difference between support and debuff in a neat way. You as the DM can make some really fun tactical decisions where like, oh, I'm going to start, I'm going to like shock and awe, knock everybody prone, keep the like either the casters or the frontliners stunned while I fly from place to place and throw lightning at people or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh and then, oh no, I've taken a lot of damage. I'm going to back off and bolster whatever ads are around and keep things good for a bit, right? But there there could be a good, like, this could be a really long fight where, like, the Empyrean stands at the oh, top yeah. of the cliff or whatever and is casting Earthquake and shit and throwing lightning from on high while, you know, you guys are fighting through the Legions of Hell. And then at the top of it, it becomes this big, like, you know, oh, literally earth-shaking yeah. fight. Hell yeah, like a cool endgame tower fight. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, I think that this is, you know, like a lot of Celestials, pretty good at kind of hanging back until the first phase of the fight is done, and then it becomes more of a one-on-one -on -one fight at the end. <laughs> that is a cool-as-fuck image, though, if you're like, we're just, we've got to fight the army on the beach, and, like, you're having this big fight with a bunch of soldiers, and then just on one of the turns, randomly, just this huge bolt of lightning comes from the cliff top. That would be crazy. You just look up, and it's like, oh, there's just a giant statue up there. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Try again. That's kind of rad. I It makes me want to do a campaign where the players start as, like, the evil empire, like Final Fantasy IV, and then they get <laughs> just, like, absolutely wrecked by another party's <laughs> endgame. I think that would be, be a cool good, start. Yeah. Fuck, I might hold on to that idea for, for the future. Log that one in the banks. Mm -hmm. I dig it quite a bit. Uh, but yeah, that is kind of functionally how they work and what they're about. Um as always, I'm kind of grumpy about magic resistance, uh, oh, yeah. but beyond that, I think that this is a 
pretty solid, neat endgame fight. And I mean, like, you know, at CR23, magic resistance isn't the worst. I just don't like it on principle. Yeah, this is what we consider an epic tier fight. Yeah, anyway, this is like so. at the end game anyway. So there's like a 20% chance the wizard is just going to cast Wish on him anyway and, you know, <laughs> cut off 200 points of its HP or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, pretty good. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Tooth and Nail, a Monsters podcast. If you enjoyed it, feel free to leave us a good review at uh, places like on iTunes or on Spotify or on Google Play or on our kind of janky um, hosting uh, platform. Or uh, you could send a nice, a pleasant, happy note to nerdsmith.org, uh, who is very kind enough to uh like promote us and whatnot um and then stick around and stay a while take off your shoes and and sit at uh nerdsmith where you can find a whole bunch of really cool things uh to watch and consume with your eyes and also consume with your ears and also <laughs> uh like engage with your hands in some cases uh and learn how to craft stuff oh yeah and, i guess that is true and build yourself up <laughs> yeah yeah curious crafts is a cool uh stream uh in the meantime, what is our creature comfort for this one? Oof. I got nothing for this guy. Feed your god. <laughs> Feed god. Feed your god. All that time, <laughs> you, Jesus keeps giving you wine and uh, crackers. Why, what, G, why he get? What you give to Jesus. What you give to Jesus. You're wondering why it's raining all the time. Yeah. Jesus is crying. Slip Jesus a pizza, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Oh, God. Have a good day. <laughs> Bye. Let's do an end sync. Yeah, hold on. It's not a tooth and nail episode unless you feel like totally dejected at the end of it. <laughs> unless we is. The, the people doing it feel completely like, oh god, I've just ruined my future slip career prospects. Slip Jesus a pizza. Slip Jesus, slip Jesus a pizza.